You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's not Monday, it's Tuesday. Everyone's shaking. Uh, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Thit, put a bow on it. Shut her down. Wrapped up, bud. Game 81. And the Flames are officially eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Turn this up, Alex, a little bit. My empire. 3-2 shootout loss to the Nashville Predators. Nine sixty nine sixty on the text line. Why do you think the Flames missed the playoffs? Give us some good reasons. It's all about you today. We want you to vent. Mm-hmm. Even want to call in? Go ahead. 403-240-4444. 403-240-4444. You can call in if you want. I'll show. Fire away. May as well. Yep. I feel like people have some things to say today. So, um, on top of everything, what... What what went wrong last night for the Calgary Flames? Yeah, people were ta- tweeting us that the voicemail line was busy, and there's no way it should be busy. No, 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 uh-uh. It's a voicemail line. It yeah, shouldn't be busy. But so we wanted to play some of your voicemails, and it glitched out last night because of course it would on the night where the Calgary Flames get eliminated from the playoffs. Our voicemail lets us down. Yeah, I don't think it's our voicemail that let us down. I think it's like generally the entire operation let us down. Oh, yeah. At some point, something went wrong and something's wrong somewhere. And that was last night. Wasn't our fault, though. It's never our fault. No, um, that literally wasn't our fault. I tweeted it out. No. Um, tweeted out the uh, the phone number. People were like, yeah, I'm going to call in. And it was busy. And we're like, what? I, I don't know what to tell you. Way she it's goes, the way it I is. Guess. The way it is. Mm. Um, why do you think the Flames missed the playoffs? Nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. It's all about you this morning. It's all about the Flames missing the Stanley Cup playoffs. Luke Gazdick, NHL on Sportsnet analyst, former NHLer at seven thirty on the Flames. Ryan Leslie, Flames reporter, Sportsnet at eight o'clock. We'll mix in a tiny bit of Blue Jays talk at eight thirty with Blake Murphy. Opening day. Yeah, it's opening day. And home, this is home opener. Home opener. And this is something you're going to be watching now because the Flames are essentially done. New barn. Yeah, new barn. Well, well, renovated. barn. Half a renovated barn. N- new Half park. It. New new dimensions on the park. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's a fact, be right? Different. Yeah. yeah. So last night, uh, I watched um, the Jets wax the San Jose Sharks. Congrats to Eric Carlson on 100 points. Though, I know. I was thinking way. about you when he when he scored that 100th. Were you also oh, thinking you the about me? Goal? Were you and also then... thinking about me where he was uh, an absolute pylon on the three even strength goals for oh. the Jets? Yep. No? no. Yeah, Did you no, think no, about I, me then? No. Listen, yeah, no. I, you're not going to get an Eric Carlson defender in this guy. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to do that, right? And I love I love the fact that he, uh, they Cassie Campbell talked about it yesterday. 73 points, even strength. Yeah. Uh, which, you know what the best part about that is? What? So, and now I think, and I believe it's 74 points now, even strength. 
He's still a minus 21. Yeah. So that means he was still on, even though 74 points, he was still on for 21 more goals against that he was for. At even strength. Yes, because plus strength. minus doesn't count shorthanded or, or on the power play. Yes. Uh, well, if you're shorthanded, it, if you're on well, the power play, you'll you, get a you, minus. You, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, but it, yeah, it's, yeah, I know. It's just another. Can't yeah. wait. Can't wait. Congratulations yeah. on his Norse caliber season. Yeah, 100 points. Unbelievable uh, stuff. Just but again, it, it, listen, it is impressive. The first time in over 30 years this has happened. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it isn't impressive. It's impressive how much better he was than the rest of his teammates. Yeah. But sure. that was the entire, a lot of Alex Ovechkin vibes for one season on the San Jose Sharks. The Capitals right now, they're never going to win another Stanley Cup with how they're currently constructed. It's just get Ovi the goal record, and we're going to be happy. And then we'll start rebuilding. This is what the Sharks, this is their entire mission, is to get Eric Carlson 100 points. Here's the thing, like, and this is my biggest thing with this, is Kale McCarr could have 100 points in a season, without a doubt. If he just foregoes all of his defensive responsibilities and just joins the rush at every single opportunity... But Kale McCarr had to transform his game this year because they had a whole bunch of guys that were hurt for a lot of the season, including yep. Kale. But as a result, he had to play a lot more minutes. He had to work a lot harder in the defensive zone. Mm. Didn't get as many points this year. I don't know. It's going to be one of those things that he still wins it because it's a writer's award and there's like 185 people to vote. And I don't expect them all to yep. watch a lot of Eric Carlson games because there and are a lot of 830 starts. But I, uh, I t- will see Eric Carlson tomorrow night. I, uh, I tweeted it last night. Like, I guess we should talk about Nashville. This isn't about Nashville. No. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, the Flames are trying to catch the Jets. There's a certain irony in the idea that... But didn't I call this weeks ago? That I said Nashville's probably going to stick it to the Flames because I've been disrespecting them the whole time? (laughs) I I called it a long time ago. I knew how this was going to play out, ultimately. But this isn't about the Nashville Predators. This is about the Calgary Flames. Just Saturday night... Could have won that game in Vancouver. You didn't. Last night, you were the far better team. You didn't win. You laid that complete and total just awful effort against the Chicago Blackhawks last Tuesday. Mm -hmm. That's why you missed the... Well, it's not just those three reasons. Is you can't win one goal game. But they're losing... And losing 17 games in overtime or in the shootout is absolutely mind-blowing in today's NHL. How much bad luck that is. Because essentially, it is luck. Like, unless you have Connor McDavid playing three-on-three and it's over. Mm -hmm. Because one, that guy has that much more room. Look out, it's scary. Well, and hit dry sidle too, right? Sure. They have two of them. Right. But you look at the rest of the league, it's essentially a crapshoot. Like, the shootout in overtime is a crapshoot. And the fact that the Flames have lost 17 games in extra time is unreal. Even if you win three of those... Three of the 17, you're in a playoff spot right now. And with all due respect uh, to Patrick Dumont's dad's uh, Winnipeg Jets. They're my Jets kind of too. Well, yeah, now they're your Jets <laughs> now that they're in the playoffs. <laughs> but I know you you watch the Flames too, so you're conflicted sometimes between the two. The Jets aren't going anywhere either. They suck. I'm sorry. No, no. The only reason the Flames got dragged back into this race is because Winnipeg was so inept the last three months. Yeah, like this race should have been it over have been weeks cut ago. And clean at the start, like, like mid three through March. The Jets would have yeah. set a record if they had missed the playoffs for the team that had led their division the latest point in the season, yeah. and then missed the postseason. If yeah. they had happened to botch this, and it, they still could. Yeah, they still could miss, but technically, but what an extra kick in the pants 
this would be for the Calgary Flames tonight if the Jets lose in regulation in Minnesota tonight? Why? Then you're going to be like, oh, are you serious? And then they got to go to Denver and play the Avalanche. An Avalanche team that actually has things to play for because the first in the division is still very much on the line there. 100%. Yeah. Augustuson hurt for the Wild, which is a big loss for them because he's been terrific in net. Well, and that's just the biggest thing with Flurry is the workload at this point, right? But um, yeah, if you're a Flames fan, you do not want to see the Winnipeg Jets lose in regulation tonight. That would be. Ooh, that would be an extra kick in the pants to this season. It would just be like another chapter in what has been a very long book of this season, just one step forward and two steps back. That's kind of how it felt for a lot of the year. You get the trade, you get everybody in here, and it just never really felt like everything was connected. You know, they had that nice little run, five and two to start the season, but after that, Things kind of fell off a cliff, and whether it was the goaltending or the lack of scoring or bad penalties at bad times, like this team did a little bit of everything when it came blowing leads. This team yep. did a little bit of everything when it yep. came to ways that you can lose games, and in the end, this is the way it goes. Um, I know in in the in the time we live in that people want to have an opinion on everything. Uh-huh. And we live in this instant gratification society where people definitely want something, who wins, who loses, and, and such. It's it's funny to me that uh, the two teams that, quote, won the offseason, the Senators and Flames <laughs> missed the playoffs. Yep. Because how excited was everybody about the, quote, offseason, winning the offseason? And myself, at this point in my life, I've learned my lesson. Here, these, these are the few things I know about sports takes you'll never get from me now that I've learned. I never criticize a draft pick mm. because I don't know what they're going to look like. Sure. Even in the NFL, and be, oh, I never should have took that, never should have did mm. this. I, I have no idea what they're going to look like. Nobody does until they play on the absolute highest level. That counts for the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL. Just wait and see how it pans out. Right, you can criticize a pick after the fact, three, four, five years after, and then you're like, "Yeah, that was a bad pick." But when the pick is made, I have no idea, so I don't criticize that. Sure. When people talk about the off season, did, did I like the moves the Calgary Flames did from afar? Yeah. Did I think it was emotionally based? Yeah, I did. And that was from being the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. I wasn't here when all this went down. And people's egos were bruised the way the star player left. And emotion took over. And I know it's hindsight now, but this team on paper looked good heading into the season. And now they're going to be sitting and watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. And and the biggest thing with this team is, what, one guy had a career year? Tyler Toffoli? That's it. After basically everybody did last year? Yeah. Who else? Like, you look at just the huge drop in production. The two guys you brought in to replace the number one line in the NHL, they had bad seasons. They bad, had his- bad seasons. Historic drop-offs in point production for both Huberto and Codre. Yes. And then you factor in Manjapani's drop-off and Lindholm's drop-off. Yep. Uh, you know. I- Th- there were some bright spots. I thought Anderson was good for the majority of the season. Minus the recovery from the car accident, right? And what are you gonna are you gonna rip the guy for that? I thought Hannafin was better 
the second half of the season. I thought Weger really picked up his play as the season went on. Markstrom was only good in March and a little bit of April. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's he totally was fair. Totally mediocre Dan, for this season. Dan Pladar did. Backlund, yes. We just got a text. Backlund was great this season. Yes. There's no question. Did Backlund fade a little bit here down the stretch to maybe the last 10 or 12 games? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but you can't point your finger at a guy who's 34 <laughs> and had one of his best seasons, if not his best season in the NHL. Yes, Backlund was great. But you don't, if Michael Backlund's your best player and Tyler Toffoli, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. And again, this isn't a slight on Tyler Toffoli. If Tyler Toffoli is your best goal scorer, that's an issue. Tyler Toffoli is an incredible secondary piece. Mm-hmm. Like he was when the Kings won the Stanley Cup. Right? Nazem Kadri is an incredible complementary piece to a true number one center. I don't even know if this team has a number one center. Is Elias Lindholm really a number one center? I or is so. he like a 1B kind of guy? I think he is. He does everything for your team. Number one PK, number one or power needs, play, or number needs, one center. Or he needs better players with him. Well, that would be the easy answer, without a doubt. I think Elias Lindholm is number one center okay, in this okay. league. Well, okay, here, okay maybe, uh, maybe phrase it this way. Can Lindholm drive a line on his own? No. I think he gets a lot of defensive responsibilities. Which is fine, because he's, he's such an incredible two-way player, right? Andre Kopitar in L.A., 200-foot player, wins Stanley Cups, I get it. Those guys are Daryl Sutter guys, and you need those guys to win championships. But I'm just saying, offensively, he doesn't drive his own line. He's not the biggest factor to drive the line. When he played with those two guys, they were driving the line last year. He was a big reason. He was a big reason. He got to soft spots, and he could use that shot. Yes. And they would find him. Yes. He doesn't drive a line offensively. Nazem Kadri's great when he plays against the second pair or not the number one shutdown center. That's what he did in Colorado. That's what he did in Toronto. He got a lot of cookies doing that, and good for him. But when it was his turn to elevate his play here and kind of take over and be the guy, he just wasn't good enough this season. And at least Jonathan Huberto, at least his play didn't prove the last 25 games or so of the season. When he played left wing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he played left wing, but at least he was a little better. I would say out of those two, Huberto had the better season. If you look at it as a whole, outside of the first 10 games, I think Huberto had a, maybe a better season. They kind of went opposite trajectories, right? Kadri started out pretty good yeah. and then went down. Huberto started out pretty rough and then got better as the season went on. But I would agree with you as far as the two new guys that came in. Yeah, you wanted a lot more. This is a season where there's been everything that we thought was going to go wrong could. Like, we talked about it in training camp. Yeah. What did this team need? Scoring punch up top. Yep. And they couldn't find it all year for a price that they thought was fair. Yep. And frankly, as the season went on, was there any reason to pull the trigger on a deal like that? Not necessarily. That issue still persists. Right? You need legit number one offensive talent to come in and help this team score goals. Because you look at it, one goal games. Obviously, the goaltending was an issue for a lot of the year. But the one goal games, like, you've got a guy who can just put you over the top with a little bit more scoring. This is a completely different situation. The Flames don't have a game breaker. No, they don't. They don't. How do you get that game breaker? Usually you draft them nowadays. Uh Uh-huh. There's a lot of them in the first round this year. Just saying. Yeah. 
and the Flames will be picking in the first round. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Right in the middle the when all the forwards middle. are gone and you get to pick one of the three defensemen or something like that. They don't have a game breaker. And again, this team had the opportunity in the summer, and again, it's hindsight, mm-hmm. to bottom out and strip this thing down and start to rebuild. But this team, is, this team isn't rebuilding. No. This team is not going to strip it down. No. You have Kadri and Huberto here from now to eternity. You are not, you're not a rebuilding team. Markstrom's coming back next year. You hope he can rebound. I think he will, personally. Um, your number one offseason, well, there's, we have all summer to talk about all of this, but your number one mandate in the offseason is what? Find a new general manager or re-sign your general manager? Like, what are you doing behind the bench? But to me, the number one thing is, is Elias Lindholm staying? Like, that's the biggest roster personnel type of thing. Yeah. Because if he's not, then all of a sudden... Okay, now, even if we can him and haw about him being a number one center, I don't think that we're going to him and haw about there being an, another obvious option to come in and take that within the organization because we've talked about what Kadri is. Yeah. And this is a team who has some interesting players that have been drafted this year, but Matt Coronado is probably a winger at the NHL level. We know Jacob Pelte is a winger at the NHL level. I don't think there's any people who are thinking Adam Rzichka is going to be a consistent first-line center in the NHL, right? Connor Zary, I don't see that either. He's kind of a middle six guy down the road. It's got to be the big, biggest question personnel-wise. Like, uh, just salary cap-wise, uh, Milan Lucic, I would imagine, is not on this team next season. And if he is, it's a very, very cheap deal. Uh, it better he makes, be league men because... He makes 5.25. Uh, that'll pretty much get eaten up by Elias Lindholm's new deal if he is going to sign a new that deal. That money's already gone. They already used that money on Uyghur and Huberto. That money's already vominosed, right? Because that contract's coming up. This uh, that, that contract's got one more game on it. Yeah. Um, and they already signed those big extensions to like, Uyghur and Huberto. To... Y- y- you just look at next season, uh, Tanev, yep. Hannafin, yep. And Lindholm, you lose all of those guys. Well, Zadorov is in that as well as another guy who's a UFA, all yeah, over Shillington, you know which is a I've, X factor. I, I've seen enough. I've seen enough of Zadorov. No, I think I, I'm just no saying way, as far as overturning you're going to see on your roster and that I, type of stuff. I yeah. understand it, but I've I've seen enough of Zadorov that if he wants four to four and a half million dollars a year, peace out. Like I've I've, I've seen, seen enough. It's the exact same Gabranson thing. Uh, the Stetch dog was good, even last night. We'll get to that. Uh, if he wants to come back on a cheap deal, I think he should. And Michael Stone's probably never going away, so he'll sign a cheap deal for the Flames. But It changes just, every year, though. Like, yeah. It was a PTO this year. I wonder what we see this season. Uh, there's The texts are just flying in right now, too. Um, what do you think? Why do you think the Flames missed the playoffs? 960-960, name and location. Um, we'll get into the Richie shootout thing coming up. In the Rose Report. Sure. We'll do that. Whatever, dude. It's a shootout. They got no guys that I have any faith in in a shootout. I, so okay, it's whatever. I, but we'll but talk I, about I, it. But I agree. But it, we'll, at the same time, it's like, this guy? <sighs> okay, we'll talk about it. It's almost it. like he did it on purpose. <laughs> 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 yeah. I know. And you know what I he think? He just okay, throws no. him out there we'll and get... throws a big double bird okay. up to everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, let's get into it now then. Because you just, you just, you just. It just set me off a little bit. All right. Since when? <laughs> Since when 
Does Daryl Sutter actually care about what the past has been? Oh, he scored against him in Arizona earlier this year in a shootout. Since when does he care about that kind of stuff? And you leave your number one goal scorer on the bench during a shootout in a must-win situation? What happened to the old adage, you dance with the girl who brung you? Mm -hmm. I don't know what crap dance thing you got brought to because the Flames are a mediocre team trying to get into the playoffs. But at least go down with your number one goal scorer. You go with Nick Ritchie, who has hands of stone. Was he hoping he was going to fall and slide into sorrows and the puck was going to go in somehow? Like, is that what, is that what you wanted to... I, I just don't understand. The guy's on the bench. Like, hmm. I couldn't imagine if I'm sitting there and I'm Lindholm or if I'm Manjapani and I've or watched... if I'm Toffoli, and then I'm watching Nick Ritchie out there. Go and try and save the season? Yes. Mm-hmm. Nick Bleeping Richie? Even the Stetch Dog I would have liked in a better spot. What a beautiful snipe our man Troy Stetcher had earlier in the game. That was the reason? Because he scored for the Coyotes against Soros earlier this season? Who cares? Your number one goal scorer is sitting on the bench. And the most mid-attempt, too. Just, like, he left, right. to do the thing between the... And almost scored, and I It get, wasn't even almost. Soros read it the whole okay, way. I know. I get it. And you know what we would have said, too? Oh, Daryl's such a genius for putting Richie out there. No. <laughs> like Who would have complained if Toffoli would have missed that shot? You gotta go with your guys. Like, I don't get it. And Kadri's shootout attempt. He had no idea what he was gonna do. No. Although you can, you can see on his face, it was one of the better attempts from him that we've seen this least, season, which yeah. says what he's been doing in the sure. shootout. But Nick Ritchie, he's serious. And I love Michael Backlund. We talked about it. How can you respect that man? Put respect on that man's name. Mm. But even Backlund over to Foley, Tyler to sitting there. You just think back to way back when, when poor Wayne Gretzky with his Jofa bucket and his tear in his eye sitting in 98 on the bench going, why not me? Yeah. When they put Ray Bork out there who could hit targets in an all-star game instead of Wayne Gretzky. I am in no way, shape, or form putting Tyler Toffoli in the Wayne Gretzky stratosphere. But your number one goal scorer, career year, sits on the bench in a must-win stupid skills contest, and then you tell me because he scored for the Coyotes earlier this season? Who cares? Since when does Sutter care about anything like that? He cares what happened in another organization? The guy who pretends and just throws it on you all the time that he's the smartest guy in the room? Mm -hmm. He cares what Nick Ritchie did for the Coyotes at that joke of an arena, at that joke of a franchise? Like, that's what they talked about on the bench. Okay, guys, here we go. So Huska, Sutter, Muller like this. Okay, if we get to a shootout, you know who we got to put in? Nick Ritchie. He scored against Sarles. This is our ace in the hole. Here's our trump card. Yeah. We're going to fool everybody here. <laughs> like, nope. that's your move. Leaving that guy on the bench for Nick Ritchie. Out of all the guys on the team. Anybody but Nick Ritchie I would have been okay with. You know who I would have been okay with? Brett Ritchie. Sure. Like, what's worse? Like, putting Lucic out there? Lewis? Would have been close. 
Like what? There's not many guys that would have gone. Tanev? I'd rather yeah. see Tanev take a shot. Stetch Nick Dog. Ritchie. Stetch Dog. Stetch Dog sure. was on fire last night. He's been great since the trade. Gosh, he's outside of what Nick Ritchie does. I'm surprised Nick Ritchie didn't somehow take a penalty in the shootout. <laughs> I'm surprised that didn't happen. That's the guy you throw in the shootout. Mm-hmm. Nick bleeping Ritchie. Great season. Can't wait to see him re-signed here. But he scored for the for the Coyotes against Soros. He got him earlier this season. He's got his number. Yeah, in the game, Soros was like, man, I got to stop these Coyotes. The silkiest soft mitts on the team, Nick Ritchie. Soros standing on his head. You know you know how we're going to beat him? Nick Ritchie's our plan. Mm. All right, the the guy who uh, scores garbage goals exclusively. Let's put him in the skills comp. Um, you know, before this year, he hadn't taken a shootout since uh, shootout attempt since 2018. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Because people see what he... And again, God bless Nick Ritchie. Guy is a first-round pick. has never lived up to the expectations. He's a serviceable NHLer. But in no way, shape, or form, he should have been in that situation last night. No. Nope. And since uh-uh. when do they care about that kind of stuff? Since when does the head coach of this team care about that kind of stuff? I don't know, man. Like, like, did somebody, did somebody in the Flames look this up earlier in the day? Oh yeah, if we go to a shootout, you know we got, we're gonna, and he went third, like, like the, third, the ace of the hole, clean up, yeah, like to save the season, third, third, could have won it, nope, could have won it, that's right. for sure, that would have been it, wouldn't have had Markstrom having to stop Cody Glass, who had also been red hot all game long. Uh, why do you think the Flames missed the playoffs? Nine sixty, nine sixty. Name and location. The text line just exploding. We're going to be doing a ton of this all morning. We'll do the Rose Report. We'll talk about that game last night. Luke Gazdick, NHL on Sportsnet seven thirty. Ryan Leslie, eight o'clock. It's all straight ahead. It's the Big Show. Ruskin Rose Sportsnet nine sixty. The Fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. The Flames officially eliminated from the playoffs. We're live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Then those text messages... Filling up. We'll do a lot. Why do you think the Flames missed the playoffs? Why do you think the Flames missed the playoffs? 960-960, name and location. Luke Gazdick, NHL on Sportsnet, former NHLer, 730. Ryan Leslie, Flames reporter for Sportsnet at 8 o'clock. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking to Ryan about what the what the mood was in the dressing room last night. Funeral, for sure. Somber, I think, would be a, a fair word. Yeah. No music? being played in the room last night probably just what we just played yeah i assume um probably a lot of tr- a lot of guys uh on their apps today booking trips now you know yeah. ready to get out of dodge as quickly as possible hey math is there math is eliminated so yep. yeah now it's time to start uh, planning that summer out uh one more game to go it's tomorrow against san jose mm-hmm. um i'm assuming we'll see uh, matt coronado make his nhl debut which is like you'd have to hope right if they don't play Matt Coronado tomorrow. Like, I'm not going to say like they better because I feel like that's the opposite. That usually works the opposite, but like, uh-huh. they better. Yeah, like he has to make his NHL debut tomorrow. Actually, he would. 
A little. See, no, I give get, me more Nick Ritchie. Give me yeah. more Milan Lucic. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Great. Outstanding. All right, let's do the Rose Report. It's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Bloom. Matty Rose. Yes, sir. Hello, friends. Welcome inside. Lots to get to. Flame season has kind of come to an end. One more game coming up on Wednesday. We got the rest of the NHL Ugh. slate for you. Yeah, Flames and Sharks, Eric Carlson in town. Can't wait. anything worse than lame duck games anyway? Uh, lame duck games when the rest of the team is play, uh, the rest of the league is playing playoff games, George? Yeah. How about those? Been there before. Gross. Hey, can they move that to 2 p.m. like when the Flames play yeah. during COVID? And <laughs> yeah, it meant yeah exactly. Yeah. Those are the worst. Yeah. Let's it's like <laughs> everyone else who has yeah. been eliminated has already started their offseason and yeah. we still have to play. Yeah. Could they move the Flames game to 2 p.m. tomorrow? Maybe just let the dome open for everyone. 11 a.m. <sighs> Earlier the better. Fan appreciation day tomorrow, too. Is that what it is? Last game of the season. On home Jerseys ice. off the backs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we got that uh, Jay's home opener, some uh, junior hockey notes, and the NBA play-in begins today as the postseason underway. But let's start with the Flames and the Predators. The table was set. The Jets smoked the Sharks 6-2, to two, even after al- allowing a goal 20 seconds in. It was Pierre-Luc Dubois who tied the game, and then the Jets were off and running. Scored four unanswered. They win that game 6-2. to two. Three points for Josh Morrissey. Eric Carlson hit 100 points, etc., etc. As a result... Whoever lost this game between the Flames and the Predators was going to be eliminated from playoff contention. No changes to the lineup for Calgary. Markstrom goes again. Talked about how the Predators were missing Yossi, Duchesne, Johansson, Forsberg all for a while while returning to the lineup yesterday. Yuso Parsonen. All right. I, so, I got to say, half of those guys I've never even Yuso heard of. Yuso Parsonen. Oh, I know. Snip. Parsnip? Is that what we're... Yeah, you so mm. parsnip. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if that's right. Flames... Parsnip a very underrated vegetable or no? Is uh, it a vegetable? It's definitely a root it's vegetable. It's a root vegetable, yeah. isn't okay. it? I don't know if it's overrated yeah. or underrated. That, I think it's right where it belongs. The parsnip scene in Ted is fantastic. Anyway, continue. <laughs> it's a parsnip. Flames had to have this one. They had a couple of chances early on. Top point for Hannafin. Hannafin to Coleman, out in front, Cadbury can't jam the puck into the Predators' net. Backer will clear it out to center, leaves it for Huberdeau, gets it to Tanev who shoots, it's stopped by Saros, rebound! And Backlund bats it wide of the Predators' net. Yeah, so there was some good there, although there was also a little bit of bad. Predators will bring it in, Afiasiyev tries to dangle by Jacob Markstrom, but can't tuck the puck inside the near post. Trenton holds it in and centers, Sissons on the doorstep, is stopped by Markstrom! Flames had the ice tilting in their favor until a malfunction at the junction. Here comes a Finisiev, shooting in behind the Flames net. Markstrom gives it away, has to get back, and a Finisiev shoots and scores. Oof. Yeah, um, that wasn't good. Markstrom with the turnover behind the net. Igor Afinisiev scores his first NHL goal just before the first TV timeout. Flames would kill a couple penalties, had a power play of their own, but... They still trailed one nothing on that first goal. Um, am I missing one? Um, there was the one at the beginning of the game against the Habs in November that Markstrom blew behind the net. It was a terrible play when the Habs scored literally seconds into the game. Yeah. Last night. And there's one more where he really turned it over. And the, the one hit the ref, which didn't really count. 
but the one where he just made it just a bad play behind that. I feel like there's one more for this season. But last night, very bad timing to do that play at that time. And I know he's encouraged to play the puck, mm-hmm. but man, that was a brutal, brutal start to this game. And you can't even fault Markstrom for last night. He was really good, but that play, ooh, another one into the groin of Flames fans. Penalties were certainly a factor in the final 40 minutes for both the Flames and the Predators, and, and really it was in the first period too. Uh, Dubé took a penalty in the second, good kill. Then Huberto took a penalty, also a good kill. Neither were good penalties to take. Four kills to start the games for the Flames. They would get through all of them. Then shortly after that, Stetch Dog time. Oh. Dubé crosses the Predators line. Huberto's out of the box. Dubé slides it near corner. Majapani drops it. Stetcher shoots it and scores! Troy Stetcher! Fires a laser beam off the far post and in. See, I just wanted to isolate the post there because it was loud, and I love that Stetcher. sound. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Um, Troy mother bleeping Stetcher. <laughs> My man Troy Stetcher scores. Who else? And see how jacked up he was after he scored that goal, punching the glass because the Stetch dog delivers for the Calgary Flames. You see Beaver Tail and wanting to get that pass from Manjapani when he yeah. saw that lane. He was like, come on. And he sniped it. Bar in. He's been great. He's been great. I know you don't go as far as your bottom pair defenseman. I get all of that. Yeah, yeah. But he's been, that's a great move by the Flames. And if you can get him on a cheap deal, Stetch Dog should be here next season. Should have just been a Mackie for swap. Okay. That would have been fine. But. I'm just saying he's been fantastic. And he was good last night, too. Even after the goal, he was making plays. Even that pucky knocked down the sauce pass. Mm. Of course, the Stetch Dog says, not on my turf. Uh uh uh. Flames had an average power play after McDonough high-sticked Manjapani. They actually had a couple of mediocre power plays. Then Chris Tanev took a holding penalty as well. His time wound down on that second period. Now, did you notice uh, after the uh, the power play, the Flames start with Uyghur and Hannafin out on the power play? Why? Why are you putting two defense? Is this the 1980s on the power play? What are you doing? Where's the numbers on that one, Daryl? Like Nick Ritchie, the numbers against Arizona. Then you put Hannafin and Uyghur out there. And mind you, it was probably their best power play of the night. They didn't score. Mm-hmm. But since when do we put two defensemen out at the same time on a number one power play? Who does that in the NHL anymore? Is there one team that does that? This power play has not felt like it has had any sort of identity for but what, that's the 75% solution? of the season. No, it's not the solution. But my point being, like, as all of this has gone on, I continue to be less surprised that there's decisions made like this. Like, the power play had no rhyme or reason to it for the entire second half of the season. Sometimes they were spreading the wealth out. Sometimes they were loading up on one unit and not a damn thing would click. So, I guess you go to two defensemen, but at the end, like, I don't know, man. Like, the power play was just another one this year where it was just not good enough and that was one of the biggest places where i like we we all knew you were gonna miss gaudreau and kachuk on the power play yep to this extent maybe didn't expect it that bad uh troy stetcher gets third goal of the season post and in ties the game after 40 minutes it was 1-1 calgary did start the third period on the kill a couple chances for backland and coleman but they can't beat saros and then a few minutes later tough break for the Flames. Baskets broken up, the glass will grab it and shoot it, and he misses Markstrom's net, it's loose, and they score! The puck pops out in front of the Flames net, and Zach Sanford dives and knocks it in, 
And the Predators have jumped back out in front. It is two to one. So yeah, watching this one from home, I had no idea how this puck went in the net because it looked to bounce kind of left, right around the back of the net with a little bit of velocity. Thought Markstrom made a good read going to his other post, but for some reason the referee was behind the net and the puck goes off his leg and goes right back out the other side and, and Sanford is able to knock it home, which gave the Preds the lead about four minutes into the third. Um, Jacob Markstrom didn't even know how that puck went in until after the game. No, I didn't see it until after the game, actually. I would have probably, it was probably a good thing. I probably would have been really upset there. I don't know why it's going by the net. It's, you know, two, three guys in front yeah. of the net and they, they throw it towards the net and it's going to bounce out the one way and he's trying to make a play behind the net. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, uh, again, Ref felt, you could tell he felt bad about it. Yeah, it usually doesn't happen, and of course, it directly goes off his skate and squirts out in front. Like, how's that even possible? Like, oh, it's, man. like if that isn't the flame season in a nutshell, I don't know what is. The two goals Nashville actually scores are complete trash. <laughs> the the play Markstrom makes behind the net, and he just coughs it up. Okay, and then this Russian I've never even heard of in my entire life, even though he was a second round pick. Scores his first goal in the NHL. Good for him. Put the tape around the puck. Mm. Sure, Ryan Leslie had his hand on it at some point. <laughs> and then, and then this bounces off the rest skate, squirts in front, and then Stanford scores for the Predators mm-hmm. against the complete run of play. Like it's just you again. I hate puck luck because it always balances itself out. Yeah, I can safely say the Flames been effed by puck luck. Puck luck. Man, I'm, it's hard for me to drop an F-bomb this morning. You've been... I've been coming skating that line. Tippy-toeing. Especially when I was talking about Troy mother bleeping Stetcher. <laughs> but if there's ever a time to drop if one... If there's ever a time where you see, like, you want to see bad luck when it comes to a team, look at that second goal. Mm-hmm. When does it ever... Like, it's just... It trampolined off the ref yeah. skate. <laughs> he basically kicked it in front yeah. of the net. It was like he was hitting a new driver, and yeah. it just... Popped right off his skate. Uh, Right in front, 2-1. Markstrom was not happy after the game, but he had to continue on in the game. He would actually stop Luke Evangelista on a two-on-one moments later, and then... That was a big save. Yeah, it was. He scores! A fantastic three-way passing play finished by Michael Backlund. Pretty nice. That Backlund forces the turnover gorgeous. at the blue line. Huberto to Mangiapane. Back to Backlund. Bingo. Back of the net. That was a gorgeous. It was the nicest goal of the game, I would argue, George. And I did like what Kelly Rudy was talking about on the broadcast, too, that the body language on the bench when the Flames went down 2-1, mm-hmm. they weren't doing the woe is me having their heads down on the bench. They actually fought back. And at least if you're a Flames fan, you can take solace in the fact that during this last you know 10 or 12-game stretch, Outside of that game against the Blackhawks. This team's actually, it fought hard. Yes. Like, it wasn't mailing it in. It wasn't doing, like, outside of that coach-killing game in Los Angeles where they got waxed 8-2. Yeah. At least there was the effort there and and the want to get the two points and the win. Like, the Flames stayed in this for two reasons. A, they continued to push, and B, the Jets allowed them to stay in this by stumbling down the way. But... Alas, that's how she goes. OT was lots of fun because after that, there was no other goals scored in regulation. Flames did really press at the final couple minutes of regulation. Thought they were going to score for sure. Yeah, they were all over them. The the cadre line was all over them. The Predators were super tired. It was chance after chance after chance. 
And even in overtime, the Anderson miss where he came in off the boards. Do you have that clip? Backlund drops right wing side to Huberdeau. Huberdeau to Backlund with a one-timer. Stop by Soros. Huberdeau to Weaker. He shoots and Soros makes a season-saving blocker stop. Dropped Anderson, who walks in. Anderson peeks, shoots, and misses a wide-open net. Well, he didn't really miss the open net. It, it, it kind of escaped from him. Yeah, because he was stick-checked there. But I thought that was going in, how mm-hmm. he made the move. And I'm like, here it is. Rasmus Anderson, hero time for the Flames. Nope, they got to go to a shootout. And did you get that sinking feeling? That, oh, yeah. Oh, no, not another shootout. The exact same one I've had in every single shootout this team has gone to yeah, all year long. Yeah, but you're a beaten-down Flames fan. You feel like that every time. Because <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like yeah. you're like, oh, goody, it's another shootout for the Calgary Flames. Yeah. This is going to go great. Especially since 19 and 13 are no longer here. In the end, overtime solved nothing. So after the shootout, Huberto actually scored a nice goal in his first attempt. But he's really the only guy in the shootout that I actually believe in right now. Uh, Cody Glass would score in the third round to tie the shootout. The shot just went off of Mar- Jacob Markstrom's hand. And that's, of course, after Nick Ritchie had his excellent shootout attempt. If you want that rant, it's going to be on the podcast up at about, uh, what do we say, about 25 minutes here, boys? You going to find that one? It's fine. Okay. It'll be up. They're not listening. Don't worry about it. They're not listening. Uh, Backlund couldn't corral the puck in the fourth round, which would lead to this. Comes the fourth predator shooter, Novak. He weaves his way in up the middle, speeds up. Novak deeks, shoots, and scores. Predators win the shootout 2-1. to one. They win the game 3-2. to two. They remain alive in their fight for a Stanley Cup playoff spot. And the Flames, in heartbreaking fashion, are mathematically eliminated. Most disappointing is probably it's just that we've been in we've been in so many games and uh, this is kind of um, you know it's, it's kind of the same feeling after it feels like most of the nights you know what if what if and um, and it's a uh, it's a do league it's not a what if league. Thought Rasmus Anderson uh, summed it up pretty well there. Yeah, it's the close old... but no cigar. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Josh Donaldson clip. This isn't the try hard league. It's the get it done league. Hmm. It's essentially the same thing what Rasmus Anderson was saying last night. And it's a uh, it's a do league. It's yeah. a what if league. I just just a Swedish translation. Yeah. Um. The fact that. I just, I would love to get into the heads of the guys on the bench when they saw Nick Ritchie out there taking the third shot. Like, I would love like... to see, I would love to see what was going through the mind of Toffoli, Lindholm, Majapani, even Dubé to a lesser extent. Coronado, Pelche. Well, those guys were They're sitting, the those guys were eating some popcorn. Weger, yeah, Anderson. Well, I'd rather Hannafin. have Anderson than Ritchie. And, and I'd rather have Hannafin out there than Ritchie. But a team, a coach that could care less what other people have to say, and to, to bust out the, oh, he scored against uh, Soros earlier this season. Like, that's the one little nugget of information the Flames had and were relying on last night. It's actually pretty laughable, to be honest with you. Uh, practice today. Wonder what that'll be like. You think Wolf plays? No. Okay. No, they need him for that Wranglers run. Don't need him getting hurt. Yeah, but you don't throw him a cookie, give him an NHL game? Okay. If anything, his, his it's Coronado and Pelche. Like, I want to say it was Bukala that I had asked about this. About, hey, he's going on a Wranglers run. If 
Would you give him a flame? He said just leave him down there. Just let him focus on the sure. Wranglers it's and just let him focus on the postseason. Coronado has to make his NHL debut tomorrow night. Yes, and then you send Pelche and Dewar down to the AHL team to join the yeah. Wranglers for their push. Uh, Sharks are the final game. Wednesday, home game, 7 o'clock. Don't miss it. Wanted to also mention final road game for Predators general manager David Poyle, who is retiring into a consultant role with Barry Trotz, set to take over as GM when the season comes to an end. Uh, congratulations on an excellent career. Alrighty, uh, around the Pacific Division, Kraken beat the Coyotes 4-1. Kings shut out the Canucks 3-0. Mentioned the Jets earlier, they beat the Sharks 6-2. Elsewhere, it was the Stars taking on the Red Wings. First of two goals like this tonight. How about Joe Pavelski hitting a significant milestone? Kept in. Worked low hints. Jumped on him. He'll beat it back for Haskinen. Shot tip. Score! Joe Pavelski! It had to be the tip. The bench empties as Pavelski gets his 1,000th NHL point in signature fashion. Of course, with a deflection, 10th U.S.-born player to hit 1,000 points, scoring to do it in game number 1,248. The fifth player taken in the seventh round or later to hit 1,000. Do you know the other four players off the top of your head who have been drafted in the seventh round or later and had 1,000 NHL points in their career? Mm. One of them played here in Calgary. Mm. Actually, a couple of them did. Really? Yes. Yes. One of them went to the Leafs. Came from the Leafs? Theo. That's not the one I was referencing. I know. He's one of them. But Theo is one of them. Luke Robitaille is another. Dave Taylor is another. Wow. And Doug Gilmore. I was going to say Doug Gilmore. Ago. He was a seventh round pick. Yeah, I know, right? That's the surprising he part went there. That where far? you're like, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Stars win it six to one. They had a chance to lock up home ice in the first round, just needed a Minnesota regulation loss, but they were playing the lowly Blackhawks. Wild came from behind. They win it four to two with a couple of tallies from Marcus Johansson helping the comeback. Avalanche and Stars both have 104 points. The Wild have 102. Two games left for Minnesota and Dallas, while Colorado still has three. Out east, the wild card race continues. Let's start with the Leafs and the Panthers. Matt Neisman is long-awaited debut for Leafs Nation. Played just over 13 minutes, had no shots on goal and no points. It's Ilya Samsonov, who started with ATO netminder Nick Chenard backing him up. That's a fiasco, what's going on. There's all sorts of cap constraints because the Leafs wanted to sign Matthew Nyes. So they tried to recall Joseph Wall on an emergency basis, but the league said, you made this emergency yourself by choosing to sign Matthew Nyes, oh, no, so they, you can't call Joseph Wall on an emergency basis. They absolutely knew what they were doing. Yeah. Kyle Dubas has the guy who helped write the salary cap yeah. in the Leafs office, Brandon Pridham. They know. They decided to bring Nyes in, and they'll, we'll just roll the dice on our goaltending because we don't care. No, they That's thought they'd be able they to did. have Wall, and then the NHL said, you're not allowed to do this emergency recall. They thought they were going to emergency recall him. I'm not sure they thought they could do that. Mm, but I they think, tried. According to Elliot on Tim and Friends yesterday, essentially they chose to sign Nyes instead. As per what I watched on Tim and Friends yesterday. Toronto could have called up Wall instead of signing Nyes, which makes it an emergency of their own creation. My bet is Toronto right. considered not signing Nyes the priority, wanted to get him signed no matter what. Exactly. Uh, in the end... It was Ilya Samsonov who made the start. He would make 45 of 46 saves. The game winner for this one came in overtime. Easy shot and a save. And the puck erased now at center ice. Hustling after it is Tavares. Tavares driving the net and a goal. Scores! Johnny Toronto 
Yes, he does. Johnny Toronto. The Leafs beat the Panthers 2-1 to in overtime, which had huge wildcard implications. Tavares may have actually saved the season for the Islanders in a strange way, as New York did lose to the Capitals 5-2. to The Panthers have 92 points. They host Carolina Wednesday in their regular season finale. The Islanders have 91 points. They finish their season Wednesday when they host the Canadiens. The wild card here is the Penguins. They're on the outside looking in. They have two games left. If they win them both, they get a playoff spot. Those two games against Chicago and in Columbus. Sounds like the Penguins might be getting in. Who do you think gets in, George? Islanders, Panthers, or Penguins? Two of three need to get in. Well, you want to see the Penguins in, right? Especially with no Ovi. You're like, you can't have no Ovi or Crosby yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah. And then, Even if it's just for the first round again. I think it'd be fun to see the Panthers inside of the Islanders. Because you know what the Islanders are going to try to do? Just strangle games. Yeah, exactly. At least the Panthers play a bit of an open style. And again, Kachuk's fun to watch. You don't have to tell you guys that. Oh, yeah. Scrappy guy, too. Fun to watch in the playoffs. That would be a fun team to watch watch in the playoffs. Yeah. If you like overs. In the chase for the Metro Division, Sabres beat the Rangers in a shootout 3-2. Another good showing for their young netminder, Devin Levi. Stopped 26 of 28 through 65 minutes for the win. Also stopped four or five Rangers in the shootout. Devils were idle, but the Hurricanes were playing the Senators in Ottawa. Another career milestone in this one as Claude Giroux became the 10th active player to hit 1,000 career points with the opening goal. Uh, actually, it was on the assist of the Stutzla goal. Chronologically, Pavelski is actually the 11th player to hit 1,000 points because Giroux did it like a little bit earlier in the day. Mm. But uh, yesterday, for the first time in NHL history, two guys hit 1,000 wow. career points on the same day. Senators, uh, Senators, by the way, one of the teams that won the offseason. Yes, they did. They also won that game 3-2. Getting yeah. back to my original point on the Metro, the Hurricanes still lead despite the loss. They're a point up on the Devils and two points up on the Rangers. Tonight, 10 games, some interesting ones for sure. Jets and Wild is interesting to the Jets, but not as much for the Flames anymore. Oilers and Avalanche go at 7.30. That's on Sportsnet 1. Kraken and Golden Knights at 8. Canucks play the Devils at 8-2, although that one more of a, a Bedard seeding matchup. Lightning and Leafs in what is a first-round preview, maybe. I'm wondering how many guys actually get benched for rest in this one, which could probably turn into a street fight. That'll go at 5 o'clock. As it relates to the Metro, the Devils face the Sabres while the Hurricanes take on the Red Wings. Devils and Canes both need the points. 5 p.m. starts there. Penguins and Blackhawks at 532. Big one for the Eastern wildcard race. Jays' home openers tonight. Alec Manoa will be on the mound. The Tigers in town. First of three. First pitch will go just after 5 o'clock. Sportsman is going to have the broadcast for you. Honestly, wasn't the worst road trip for the Blue Jays after winning two of three against the Angels. They did start the season on a 10-game road trip, which is tough. We're also going to get to see the new dimensions of the ballpark in play today, George. Yeah, that would be, be super fun. interesting. Uh, I saw the numbers yesterday. Apparently, with the new dimensions, there would be 19 more home runs hit Ish, last yeah. season. Yeah. yeah the way the dimensions of the ballpark are now. That's going to be fun to watch. We'll talk to Blake Murphy later on for a little bit. We'll take a little, a tiny breath at 8.30 from the Flames and talk to Blake Murphy and then spiral back into the Flames' disappointment. NBA play-in begins with the 7-8 and eight seeds facing off today. In the East, it's the Miami Heat hosting the Atlanta Hawks. Winner goes on to face the second-seeded Celtics. Loser has to play again Thursday for a chance to play the first-seeded Bucks. Atlanta lost 3-4 to Miami in the regular season and lost in five games back in the opening round last year when they faced off. That'll be a 5-30 start. Then at 8, it's the Timberwolves and the Lakers. No Rudy Gobert for the T-Wolves, making it that much more of an ideal matchup for LeBron and the Lakers. Winner gets the Memphis Grizzlies in round one. Loser has to play Thursday for a chance to go to Denver and face the Nuggets. Who do you like in these two games tonight, George? You gotta go Lakers and... I think the... Heat, I think, right? I think like, the Lakers look good. 
they, they've had the best record in the West since the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. LeBron maybe one more shot at it here. And it feels like the West is wide open. Why not the Lakers? How much intrigue do you have on the play-in tournament? Is it like the I wild hate the play-in co- tournament. Oh, you hate it? I hate it. I think it's dumb. It really rewards 500 teams yeah. for to, to play NBA, a game and then get punched in the face. But We don't have time for this, but the NBA has devalued its regular season so much now. Yeah. It's embarrassing. That's why With guys all rest the all the time. management, and it just means nothing. They got to figure something out here because it out of the big four major sports, like now it's beginning, it's a joke. Really? How are you behind the MLB, which is 162 yeah, games. games? How are you, does your regular season mean less? But at the same time, like I'm thinking about teams like even last night, like for the Leafs, mm-hmm. like why is Marner and Matthews playing? It's a meaningless game in Florida. Yeah, I, like I again, like you gotta I, get your leg, you keep your legs under you, that type no, of thing. I, but I get it. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like game eighty one. Who cares? It's they're meaningless. Not, they're not going to play in that game against the Lightning. I would okay, argue. Sure, right? yeah. but like, uh, like there has to be a happy medium because mm-hmm. there's lots of teams here that have it clinched. Like the Bruins now have the record. Like what? What and, incentive do they have to play any of their big guns? Well, Bergeron and Krejci have barely played. They had like five emergency recalls the other day for yeah. one of their games, which. Whatever. But load management in December is ridiculous for the NBA. In the WHL postseason, Connor Bedard did his best, but he can only play so much. Had an assist on the Pats' only goal, but Saskatoon beats Regina 4-1. to They should move the lottery lottery up Saturday now, George. Yeah, they should. Connor Bedard had 10 goals and 10 assists in seven playoffs games, which is absolutely just insane. Now move up the draft lottery. He's available. You and Patrick... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, oh, you got to have Connor Bedard there. Fine. He's free. He's free now Saturday. You think the league's smart enough to move the draft lottery They're to Saturday new. when there's nothing going on on Saturday? No. No. Can't do that. Got to fill all your playoff bracket. Bracket got challenge. Got NHL bracket. But May 8th, George. Be ready. Why? And then a Monday start for the postseason. Let's go. I'm yelling a lot today. Monday start. AJHL Division <laughs> Finals continue tonight. Yeah, exactly. Threes. Brooke Bandits lead the Bulldogs 2 nothing. That series shifts to Black Falls in the north. And now in Bonneville, the Pontiacs host Spruce Grove. Saints. Spruce won the first two games over the weekend. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Terrific job, Maddie. The Rose Thanks. Report brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. All right, straight ahead, uh, we'll mix in some text messages. Why do you think the Flames missed the playoffs? 960-960, name and location. And uh, I got a text really late last night. Oh, from who? Uh, Melancholy Malcolm. Oh, of course. He... Uh, you know, he, he thrives in sadness, he, he relishes, um, misery. Despair. Yeah. He really eats that up. Mm-hmm. Anger. Yeah. Um, like a high school kid at a pizza hut buffet. Like he just eats it up. <laughs> I learned a lot about Chuck E. Cheese over the weekend from John Oliver. That's all I can say. Did you really? Me. Yeah. He did okay, a little gotta segment. See that episode. Then. Yeah, it was good. Um, melancholy Malcolm, your text messages, Luke Gazdick at seven thirty. And uh, later on, um, sometimes hot mics are the best. <laughs> we'll do that. I, I would disagree. It's but... the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.